Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the City of Peoria Planning and Zoning Commission meeting of June 21st, 2012. We're going to start with our roll call of commissioners, and I'd like to welcome our newest member to the Planning and Zoning Commission, Leonard Spraker. Welcome. We promise to be gentle tonight on you. We'll go as easy as we can. Hopefully staff will do the same thing, but welcome to the Planning and Zoning Commission. Commissioner Strickman. Present. Commissioner Loper. Present. Commissioner Marr. Present. And I'm Bill Lewis. Uh, next on the agenda is our opening statement from staff. Thank you, Chairman. This commission is comprised of, of Peoria citizens who have been appointed by the City Council to serve on the commission as a civic responsibility without compensation. Our duty is to study and review planning and zoning issues without the city, within the City of Peoria and then forward a recommendation to the City Council. All hearings are conducted in accordance with the rules for procedures and Robert's rules of order. Each case will be called in the order in which it appears on the agenda unless otherwise announced during the meeting. In the interest of maintaining a fair and efficient hearing, the Commission adheres to the following steps. Chairman calls the case, staff gives a brief report and recommendation, applicant gives a presentation, opposition and support give testimony, generally no more than three minutes per speaker, applicant may give rebuttal, Commission decision, dis discussion and decision. Anyone wishing to speak must complete a speaker request form and hand it to the planning assistant. That parcel is on, on my left, my right, sir. Please be as brief as possible and do not repeat statements made by others. All commission recommendations on public hearing items must move forward to the regular council, city council meeting. The city council will then act on the recommendation of the commission. They may concur with the decision, modify it, or overturn it. We welcome citizens' comments, and as fellow citizens of Peoria, we thank you in advance for your participation. Thank you, Sean. Again, if anyone in the public wishes to speak on any items this evening, please fill out a speaker request form and turn it into Beverly. Under new business is our consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are generally routine in nature or have been previously reviewed by this commission. All the items on the consent agenda will be enacted by one motion. Tonight's con consent agenda consists of three items. We originally had four, but there are three. Item 1C, which is the disposition of absence of Commissioner McFarland from the May 3rd, 2012 meeting. Item 2C, minutes from the May 3rd meeting. Item 3C, which is a conditional use permit, CU 12-0004, requested by Iconic Tattoo for a piercing and tattoo studio near 75th Avenue in Paradise Lane. Item 4C, which was originally on the agenda, uh, we have a request to pull that from tonight's agenda, uh, and it will be continued to the July 5th, 2012 meeting. So we have three items. Do I have a motion on tonight's consent agenda? Mr. Chairman? Commissioner Loper. I would like to make a motion, but first I, I have a comment just for staff. You know, I, I understand why tattoo places and massage parlors are conditional uses. I mean, historically they were, they were, they might have needed to be regulated, but it seems like any more massage envy, who would care if a massage envy is next door? Who would care if a tattoo or a piercing parlor? It, things have changed a lot in 20, 30, 40 years. I, I would like to see something like that just be a use by right. To me, a, a tattoo place, a piercing place, a massage place, really no bigger impact. They're regulated by other agencies. I think you know, sometimes the police departments regulate them or have some say in them. To me, it's not really a land use. It's more of a, of a, a perceived issue that may have been there 20 years ago, but I'd reckon if we went around here, we'd find a few people that would probably agree and, and had some evidence on it themselves to show. Yeah. But with that, I would move for approval of the, of the uh, consent agenda as presented. Thank you. Do I have a second? I second. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. Please vote. 
and the item passed unanimously. Uh, if anybody is here from uh, the tattoo application, we've completed your item and we're done. Congratulations. Thank you, Matt. Okay, moving on to our regular agenda under new business. We have item 5R, which is a public hearing on case TA12-0001, a proposed text amendment by the city of Peoria. I'll open the public hearing and we'll start with a report from staff. Chairman Lewis, members of the commission, um, our first text amendment uh, to for, up for discussion this evening is really uh, bringing back something that the commission has already seen uh, previously. Uh, about approximately two years ago, we had uh, made some recommended changes that the commission uh, recommended approval and that the council did approve to temporarily uh, change our sign code. Those changes were intended to allow some new types of signage temporary signage such as swooper signs, A-frame signs, um, as well as larger banners uh, in the city based on both the economic climate and some of the circumstances uh, providing businesses with additional advertising opportunities to get their name out there. Um, and with that amendment, we put in a uh, basically a sunset clause. So it was only good for a limited time with the understanding that uh, we could always come back and renew it for longer if need be. Uh, well, that's the situation that we're in tonight. We're, we'd like to bring basically the same changes that uh, were approved previously and extend the sunset for another two years. Uh, given the, the fact that the economy is still, um, the businesses can use all the help that they can get, we'd like to extend that and uh, also have the, the ability to look into um, and analyze the results of some of this signage. The types of signage that were new as I said, the, the swooper flags and the A-frames um, have, be, have anecdotally become quite popular with the businesses, but we'd like to look into that and see both what any positive, negative impacts have been for that before we make it a permanent change. Um, so just to remind you and refresh your memory, you can see the table here shows uh, both the permanent sign ordinance, so without the sun and set clauses, what types of signage are available in our banner special event category, as well as the uh, regulations for those types of signs. And then the proposed sunset. So these are the same uh, requirements, regulations that are in effect today, but will go out of effect shortly um, unless the new sunset is uh, approved. So we're looking at primarily um, both the timing, how long these permits are valid for, the number of times a year they can be applied for, uh, spacing between occurrences, the banners, uh, no change to those. Balloons, we simply place a limitation to uh, make it clear exactly what a balloon was. Uh, A-frame signs, the small signs that you might see in front of uh, a business with specials or other uh, information, um, those were not previously permitted as special event signs. With the sunset, you'd have one per business, maximum three feet height, so these are small temporary types of signs. Um, super flags, these are a, a newer type of advertising sign that we found the need to, uh, to experiment, put it in our regulation, see if this was an effective for both the businesses and then also, as I said, not creating negative impacts uh, elsewhere. Grand opening signs, we've extended the uh, time frame so that businesses can have those signs at the start of business for a longer period. And then also you can see the, as I said, the A-frame signs were not previously permitted as for special events. So those have been added into the category. So with that, our analysis is that this really is uh, very consistent with the 
uh, goals and objectives of the general plan, um, supports business uh, goals, and allows us to uh, put some, some analysis into effect before we make any permanent changes to the sign code. And with that, staff recommends that the case TA12-0001 is approved, and we take any questions you may have. Thank you. I have one question before I open it up here. Um, where do the human signs fit in? Chairman Lewis, the human signs uh, or sign walkers were previously approved with a different text amendment. Um, so those are part of the permanent sign code. So those would be the folks who are holding a sign and um, standing out there for business. Uh, those are not part of this, and they are already part of the permanent sign code. And they are regulated? Correct. Yes, they License. are regulated. They do require a sign permit that limits the, the, the location and other criteria. Okay. Just want to make sure everybody mm -hmm. understood that because they're probably sure. very, very popular now as I see people out there. So thank you. Other commissioners have questions? Mr. Loper. Mr. Chairman, following up on uh, Chairman Lewis's comments, is there a sunset on the human signs or sign walkers or? Commissioner Loper, no. The, the sign walkers were actually added into our permanent sign code, and that was in response to some legislation that I believe required us to permit them in some form or another, but allowed us to regulate them. Okay. You know, I'm encouraged that, that going out of business banners are not being extended. I thought that was a good thing. So, no other questions. Commissioner Marr, did you have a question? Well, just uh, what is a swooper sign? <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Marr, the super, super, well, it's quite a tongue twister. The swooper flag signs or advertising flags are the tall, um, very lightweight flag signs that you might see out in front of a business, so fairly narrow and tall, um, advertising any manner of, of businesses, kind of a, a little bit of flapping in the breeze. So that, what you might see out there now and um, along some of our streets. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Strickland. Um, I noticed that the swooper flag signs are kind of out indefinitely. <laughs> and I was just wondering, like, if they do only have a certain amount of time to allow this, how is city notified of that? Because sometimes it is more than two, business, two per business, and you just see them all along the street, and it's like, okay, this is distracting. <laughs> Commissioner Strickerman, um, they do require a sign permit. If there is a code enforcement issue, um, they can, someone can either uh, file a complaint or, or make a complaint, and code enforcement can then specifically uh, address or investigate that situation. So if you, if, if you see a situation where they're definitely out of compliance, otherwise, if code uh, enforcement comes across the situation, they can also um, investigate the matter then. Um, most of the folks who are out there getting the permits, once they've gotten the permit, they're happy to comply. There may be folks out there who are um, unaware of our regulations. Thank you. Do we have any other questions or comments from commissioners? Ms. Commissioner Spraker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, where does, uh, when, like in, in the sports complex, when um, the RVs or the cars are there, they, they float a blimp sometimes, a small blimp. Where, do, where does that fit here in the second part of that question? Uh, Peoria Ford uh, here about two weeks ago had the gorilla, uh, you know, the, the inflatable. Where do they fit? 
Commissioner Spraker, we do have inflatable permits. So those are for those large gorillas and other, other inflatable structures that are often used by the, the dealerships. So that would be a separate type of sign permit. Um, in terms of a blimp, if this is a, a vehicle that's able to travel on its own, I'm uh, not sure that that would be something regulated specifically by our sign code. Um, but we do have inf the balloons or things of that nature that are included. So I think a blimp might be out of the realm of this uh, <coughs> The reason I ask is because when they when they when they have it floating, I'm not objecting to it. I think it's kind of cool in a way, but it's tethered, and it's constructed like a blimp. It has uh, you know rudders on the back and so forth, but it's just a big, big, big balloon, and it certainly is larger than I think you've got down here. Is the balloon is what two feet, you know, 24 inches in diameter? And I was just curious: is that a special permit, uh, special use permit as well, or is that just the car dealers wanting to put up their blimp? That may be something we'd have to to look into the specifics of to see exactly where they would fall. So. All right, thank you. No thank, any other questions or comments? We don't have any speaker requests from the audience tonight, so with that, we'll close the public hearing. And uh, do I have a motion on this item? Mr. Chairman. Commissioner Moore. I move that we, that we recommend um, that the, to, to the mayor and city council approval of case TA 12 days, 0001. Thank you. We have a motion. Do I have a second? A second. Commissioner Strickman, thank you. Please vote. And the item passes unanimously. Thank you. Next up is item 6R, public hearing on case TA 12-0002, a proposed text amendment by the city of Peoria. I'll open the public hearing and start with the report from staff. Chairman Lewis, members of the commission, the, the text amendment we'll discuss now involves our administrative uh, section of our code dealing with temporary use permits primarily. Um, to give you a little bit of background, um, staff has been involved in a process of revamping our temporary use uh, permits and how that, that internal process works with a number of city departments. Um, right now what we've done and kind of come out of the process with is a more comprehensive uh, permitting process where folks can come into the city, get permits from various departments without having to go to each individual department, pay for the permits in one place, and, and really it's a, a coordinated effort between the various reviewing uh, groups. Um, as a result of this, as we were going through um, discussing all of the working parts and, and how the code really functions, we uh, determined that there were a number of items that were existing in the zoning ordinance that could uh, benefit from some revision and changes to really reflect how, how the temporary use permit process works today. So in that evaluation, uh, what we determined was currently we have temporary use permits, events that occur on uh, public property will be handled as special events. Previously there was a little bit of mixing of these and uh, some confusion as to where the line between temporary use permits and special events was drawn. So now we've defined temporary events or temporary use permits as on private property specifically. Special events will cover anything on public property because the city is also acting as the property owner in that case. So it requires uh, a few different items. There's uh, different risk involved and, and really the process there is one of the city as landowner. 
One of the other items that we've looked at for change are the triggers for posting requirements. Looking through our code, the, the temporary use permit does not require posting in general as a general rule. However, there are certain things that can occur that would require a site posting, so an actual sign posted on the property to notify the public of this upcoming proposed temporary use. Um, one of the items we saw, there was a little confusion between what a driveway was. Is it the entrance to a property or is it, in fact, the drive aisle? Just for clarification, we've clarified that we're talking about driveway entrances. So we don't need to post a sign if you've got a temporary use occurring within a drive aisle, only if they're blocking the entrance to a property. We've also removed the decision time frame. So this is the time frame in which the city needs to provide the applicant with a determination, either a approval or denial. Removed it from the zoning ordinance so that it can be placed in our administrative handouts. This allows for both easier updating, also does not require the applicant to go into our zoning ordinance to find when they can expect to get a response. It's all much more conveniently located in the process guide with their application. So again, if we, as staff levels change, as our review times may need to be altered, it allows us to give updated information to the applicants rapidly, get them the most accurate information in a, a timely fashion. We've also changed our temporary, or, or we're um, recommending a change to the, the permitting time requirements. Um, there was some confusion in the past over how many temporary use permits you could have in a year. Did that apply to one per lot? What if you had different organizations trying to apply for a temporary use permit on the same property? So this is really to clarify how many temporary use permits can you have, how long can they last, the fact that they are tied specifically to the property, so even if you have different applicants, they need to abide by the number of permits per parcel. And, and this is really all um, to, to make sure that everyone's on the same page so that the applicant knows what they can expect and how many events they can have, as well as the city, so that we can keep track of and better monitor the, the events that are happening and ensure that there's not um, undue impact on neighboring properties from maybe excessive temporary uses or that type of thing. So with that, we're looking at 30-day max per event. This accommodates our longer events, such as Christmas tree sales, pumpkin sales, that sort of thing, um, and creates a 90-day maximum for all temporary use permits per lot. Um, with that, that way, if you've got several events um, that string together or they want to occur over the course of the entire year, you're still not occupying the property for more than 90 days per year. And We've also looked at a maximum of 12 events per site. So this would allow if you have very short events that last only one day, they could have up to 12 of them so they could have monthly events. Um, it really provides more flexibility because we do have a wide variety of the types of events that occur. Everything, as I said, mentioned from uh, parking lot sales to carnivals um, to other types of uh, festivals or um, fairs. And so this really uh, allows the flexibility for those different types of uses. Aside from the temporary use permit changes, we're also recommending a change to our noticing requirements. Currently, any text amendment such as this to the zoning ordinance requires that the full text of that change be posted in the newspaper. These can be quite long. For instance, if we were to change the entire sign code, we could have a document that is 30 or 40 pages if we were to cross one thing out and, and add it in. So some of our text amendments are, are very lengthy. Um, with the coming of all of our uh, internet technology and alternative forms of communication, it seemed very um, 
uh, effective to, instead of putting the full text, provide a brief summary that describes the general nature of the changes in the newspaper, still providing that hard copy notification, and then allow for the full text to be located on our website. So that's somewhere that uh, folks can go at any time of day. They don't need to find a newspaper in order to get the information. And also throughout the process, for instance, if uh, the commission were to recommend changes, we could update the website between the time of Planning and Zoning Commission and City Council so that the latest draft is up and available on the website. So this really is just utilizing technology that, um, that's out there and that we're using for many other types of information um, for planning and zoning. And so with that, we believe that these changes will uh, greatly increase the effectiveness of the implementation of the temporary use permits, um, allow for clarity and an increase in um, the usability, really, of this code. So with that, we would recommend the approval of TA-12-0002. I take any questions. Thank you, Melissa. I just want to comment that I, for one, like reading those 30 or 40 page text amendments in the newspaper using size 2 font. I read them top to bottom every time they're in there. So. Um, any comments or questions from the commission on this item? No? I would just like to congratulate you guys on this. This is a step in the right direction. This is great stuff. This makes sense. This is one of those things where we're using technology. We're using, applying some common sense to bureaucracy here. And instead of printing the, having that thing in the paper that absolutely nobody reads from top to bottom, put in a summary there about what the change is proposed and then post the whole thing on our website so you can refer to that. That makes such great sense and great use of technology. I congratulate you guys on coming up with these changes all the time. That's why our city's so great. Uh, I don't have any cards on this. We don't have any other comments from commissioners. We'll close the public hearing. And uh, do I have a motion? Chairman Lewis. Commissioner Strickman. I recommend that the commission approves case number TA-12-0002. Thank you. Do I have a second? Second. Commissioner Loper, thank you. We have a motion and a second. Please vote. And the item passes unanimously. Next on our agenda is call to the public. Hearing none. Report from staff. Thank you, Chairman Lewis. Uh, we actually have two items to talk about today. Uh, first, we'd actually like to welcome Commissioner uh, Spreaker to the, to the Planning Zoning Commission. Uh, staff looks forward to working with you in the future. Next, I want to talk uh, briefly, I'm just going to give a quick introduction to the uh, city's open space preservation program. You may have seen some notices for this. Uh, we actually plan to actually come before the Planning Zoning Commission and give you a briefing. And I'll just talk about the schedule right now. We've been working on a program for about two years. Uh, we've actually had a consultant to actually help us uh, to create a decision support tool using uh, layers of information to try and identify uh, what we think are uh, areas of the city that are uh, warrant uh, extra uh, review for preservation. Uh, we've completed the inventory phase of this work. Um, we've actually uh, have now started entered into uh, discussions with outside agencies. Uh, we just actually met with Bureau of Land Management in a separate meeting uh, two days ago. And we've also started some public information meetings. So there's two, um, two meetings that have already occurred, and there's two upcoming, uh, July 12th at 6 p.m. at the Peoria Chamber of Commerce and July 26th at the Sunrise Mountain Library. So if a commission member wants to come out and uh, uh, view that, 
Uh, you're welcome. But again, we will be coming in and doing a full report to you. Um, and in August uh, 21st, we're currently scheduled to go on a, a study session for the full uh, City Council. So we just wanted to apprise you of that uh, project that we've been working on. And uh, we look forward to, uh, in the near future, giving you a, a complete uh, report on that. Thank you very much. Uh, any reports from commissioners this evening? Commissioner Loper. Mr. Chairman, you know, something that we talked about, uh, not really necessary planning and zoning, but just city thing. You know, it always strikes me driving around Peoria, the lack of, of um, synchronization of the traffic signals. And, you know, just frankly it's irritating but I but I remember some time ago that there was a discussion about bringing on or the city possibly acquiring a more of a centralized system that would kind of time those and, and go with flow of traffic and I guess the question is, is is that moving forward I know it's tight budgetary times clearly it's not something that really affects um, you know public safety or anything because they've got the uh, little um, strobes and stuff that will affect the lights but just for the common person out there I, I'm just always curious if there's anything that's headed that way or if it's kind of on the back burner for budgetary reasons. Commissioner Loper, actually, I can speak a little bit to that because uh, we work very uh, closely uh, with our transportation function in planning uh, and community development uh, with our city engineering department. The, the city actually does have a traffic management center. It's actually located in the Development Community Services building. And the majority of the city's traffic signals actually do communicate uh, live time back to that facility. And they actually, I know the city engineer's office uh, through uh, Jamal Raheen, the city traffic engineer, actually look at the cycles of those things and actually do change the timing appropriately. Um, I am a pure resident myself, and I do notice occasionally they do switch things up, and I go and ask if they've done it. But um, they do look to optimize that. So I'll pass your uh, concerns on to Jamal. But the, uh, from a budgetary constraint, no, the, the system is in place okay. right now. I think there's only a handful. I think there's approximately, I think off the top of my head, probably 80 traffic signals in the city, uh, maybe closer to 90. And I think there's only a handful, less than five, that are not connected back to the traffic management center. And the city does have software applications that actually allow them to run synchronization uh, cycles to see how they can optimize that. Just, just as a follow-up to that, and I appreciate it. I just noticed on weekends, like like Happy Valley, you know, the, the quarter mile and half mile, lights don't seem to be synchronized with the major arterials so you get this huge block of traffic you know i'm thinking of terramar on happy valley triggers significant you know very often they're right outside ccv sometimes with no cars i'm thinking that you know the city spent a lot of money to build lake pleasant parkway and you know it, it functions very poorly as a as a parkway i think there's i think i counted 13 signals between um deer valley and lake pleasant parkway and the ability to get on the 101 versus if you take little side streets, you only have a handle. And I think we, I think sometimes the signals discourage people from using the routes we should encourage. And, and the Lake Pleasant Parkway being one of them. But I think on the weekend, some of those, some of those lights, one car can trigger them and stop, you know, the main flow which you would try to keep going. So just an observation. I don't know if they, they change on weekends just to acknowledge more localized flow versus rush hour flow or not. I wasn't sure. So yeah, I, I do believe they actually do um, have that. So they, they look at the traffic pattern on a weekday and they're trying to weed the uh, the weekday uh, peak hour morning and, and afternoon cycles which again reverse so they do look at that and I think then on more of a weekend or off hours it goes into more of a manual cycle where it triggers um, I could we could ask for some more clarification yeah, I just wanted to bring it up but but no I think again Peoria does an outstanding job of just some you know those little you know when everything else is going good then you pay attention to little picky things and that would be a little picky <laughs> thing certainly so but thank you 
And I thank you on behalf of all commuters. That's a good, that's a, that's very good. Any other commissioners have any questions or comments of staff? If not, I have one question and one comment. First question is, uh, do we have any kind of an update on the project, uh, the QT project at 67th Avenue in Happy Valley? Anybody know what the status of that is? Right on the uh, southwest corner. Yeah, Chair Lewis, it sounds like that project is in construction now. That corner. The construction documents, I believe, are in review. In review. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you. I have a lot of people in our neighborhood ask that question because it, it was it was publicized and nobody's seen anything. So I'll be able to go back and tell. The other thing I, I wanted to make a comment. Um, a few weeks ago, I attended a um, meeting with the police department. Uh, it was it was called Coffee with the Commander. And uh, I live in the North Precinct, Police Precinct, and the commander up there, who's a new police commander, hosted this meeting, and the police chief was there, and it was really well attended. There had to be over 100 people showed up there. Very well attended and very well-run meeting. Um, they have taken and, and assigned uh, lieutenants and sergeants to different communities as a contact person. And I've had, we, my neighborhood, we've had an issue at 67th and Happy Valley with the illegal vendors for a long time, for years. Those guys setting up, selling flags and, you know, Rocky Point shrimp and <laughs> everything else. They're unsightly, illegal. They're not paying property or sales taxes and all that. We've had a problem. Well, I brought it up to the lieutenant that was assigned to our area, and they've done a fantastic job. They have been on the spot. Those guys start to put up shop, and they're, the cops are all over them. They make a move. I don't think they're taking you know, hard enforcement action. They're just giving them warning, saying you can't do this and leave. But it's really cleaned up our neighborhood. And, and I just wanted to publicly thank the police department for doing that. It's working great. I know it's a zoning issue. It's not even a police issue. But seeing them work together with zoning is awesome. And it's just you know, a tribute to the police department here. But Any other comments or questions? If none, we'll stand adjourned. Thank you.